Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Decision Hour. I'm Adam. With me, as always, my partner in crime, Patty. Adam, how's it going? It's going good. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited about today's show. I so am I. This is going to be kind of a, a, a well. Our show's always kick ass, but I'm I mean I'm I'm digging this because we've got a special guest uh, on the line with us today. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Why don't you do the intro and let everybody know what we're going to be talking about today? Okay. We have a special guest. His name is Steve Black. And I have known Steve Black for a long time. I met him through my sister many years ago, a couple decades ago, actually. Um, And he always just kind of stuck out at me because he was a little bit different. He was super cool. He was super nice. And um, Steve, I'm just happy to have you on the show. There are so many cool things that you're doing still today. Uh, You're still with the Chop Shop in Michigan. Um, But you have so many things going. I don't want to mess up your intro too bad. So would you mind introducing yourself to our listeners? Sure. I've been doing radio now for, well, this year, 2019 will mark uh, 29 years on the radio for me. Almost all of that in Detroit, about 27 years in Detroit. And I'm in my 15th year in syndication. And that's where the Chop Shop comes in, which is a a guitar-based rock show that airs on a bunch of stations across the United States. Um, in addition to that, I'm currently active in a podcast called The Sound Of, which is a music talk podcast. A lot of fun, but uh, not the easiest thing to search for. If you go search uh, on the internet for The Sound Of, you will find everything on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's I can a fun imagine that. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a fun name because each episode we get to give it a subtitle. And then that makes it a little easier to search, you know, like uh, one we did was the sound of German robots. You know, well, if you Google that, you're going to find it right away. (laughs) Wow, that's cool. I like that. German robots. I like that. Wow. Well, you never know where the conversation is going to lead. And that one led in a very strange direction. (laughs) Uh, In addition to that, I work for WRIF in Detroit. Um, And, uh, well, I'm an author, too. I, I put a book out about five years ago and working on a second one. Now, um, today's show is going to be about retro music. However, I do want our listeners to know a little bit from where, about where you're coming from. Can you tell us, um, what was your first book about? What's your second book going to be about if you've, if you're free to talk about it publicly yet, and then we'll jump into the, the retro music. My first book was inspired by, uh, and in fact, was a last request of my first wife. My first wife, Sabrina, was diagnosed with cancer actually on our way to get married. We got married in Hawaii, and when we stopped over in San Francisco, she was you know, ill and got diagnosed literally two days before we got married. And she passed away six years later, and one of the very last things she asked of me was to publish some of her diary about what it was like to struggle with cancer at such a young age because she was diagnosed at 29 and died at 35. So that is what set the track moving. And it was actually a doctor who recommended to me since I was having so much trouble. Every time I would try to write something sort of about her, I didn't feel like I was capturing who she was. So this doctor recommended I just write my life story. And when I got to, you know, those chapters, I could use her diary. And once I did that, it just worked. Like I captured who she was. I captured her energy, her thoughts. 
because I wasn't trying to be her anymore. I wasn't trying to tell a story through her eyes. I told it through my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, but since all of this occurred while I was still working in radio, it, we interact and intersect with rock stars all along the way. So it's kind of a fascinating tale. Um, so that's the first book. And then the second book is actually, um, I won't give away all the details, but it's more sci-fi based and it's about, it's a spiritual journey that essentially I am on, but I'm doing it within a fictional world where I can set the parameters, uh, to force that journey to go in certain directions. So that's what I'm working on now. That's pretty cool. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, That is super cool. So, um, what's the name of your first book? Oh yeah. I forgot that part. It's called from black to light. And it is uh, still five stars, five stars on Amazon. We are going to put a link up. We'll share that with our listeners for sure. Um, So people can check out that book and um, definitely let us know when your next book is out. I am really interested in that as a writer myself. I am super drawn to um, fictional and I do like sci-fi. So that's awesome. Um, So Steve, retro music, what does that mean to you? What do you think retro is? Well, it depends on the age of the person you're talking to, because, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I have a son who's 13. So to, to him, retro music is Shinedown, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that wow. band started yeah. wow. before he was born, <laughs> you know, so a band that's 15, 16 years old is, is older than my son. So it, it just depends on where you're at in your own journey, where you're at on the timeline. Uh, to me, uh, yeah, I probably would target it late 70s, early 80s because that's when a lot of my firsts took place and music tends to, well, it attaches itself to your entire storyline, but it's more prominent when you're experiencing something for the first time. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. I like that. I know Adam, he's, he's talking about mullets and stuff. He's like, we should do a live video and we'll get all dressed up and I'll wear a mullet and you can wear like your jelly bracelets or something. It was either that or like the Afro perm, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so what, what are some of, okay. So if we're thinking, you know, seventies, eighties, and that's right around, you know, our time frame as, as well. What would be, see, what, what are some of the bands that you remember or the ones that some of your favorite bands growing up? My favorite band in high school was a Canadian band called triumph and they did okay, but they were never like, you know, this, this mega band that, you know, you can bring up in conversation and everybody remembers, Right. but they were, again, attaching themselves to first, the first concert I ever saw was a four band bill and they were on the bill. They were actually the first band I ever met as well. The first autograph I ever got. Uh, so they've been a huge part of my life. Um, uh, and, and the front man, the singer guitarist for the band has been a solo artist now for geez, probably 25 years, but uh, let me see. I saw Triumph live like 17 times, and I've seen Rick as a solo artist, I think, 15 or 16 times. Jeez. Wow. So, you know, that was a really, really big one for me. Wow. Now, I uh, going through your Facebook pictures um, this morning, yes, I was stalking you, Steve, to see <laughs> what you've been up to. <laughs> 
um, I was looking at some of the pictures that you've shown of some of the people you've met. I would consider retro for sure, like Ozzy Osbourne. Um, who are some of the bigger names maybe that you've met? And who are the, what is one of the most memorable stories that you can think of from a, a retro uh, musician that you've met? If I had to choose like an all-time, all-time favorite artist, which is impossible to do, but I might choose Alice Cooper. Oh yeah, and yeah, I, I'm, yes. uh, I'm, I'm uh, massaging the truth a little bit here, but it, but it did happen. I like to tell people that I sang with Alice Cooper, which of course would be my dream. But it was at uh, Ted Nugent's fiftieth birthday party. And we had Alice Cooper on the phone, and Alice and I led everybody in singing "Happy Birthday" to Ted Nugent. So technically, I did sing with Alice. Cooper. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. Oh my yeah. goodness! Um, about how many concerts do you think you've been to throughout? I mean, your young adult through today. I say seven hundred. I don't really know. Uh, that seems like a somewhat safe number. Mm -hmm. So I usually, if you know, when people ask and being on the radio, uh, people do ask, but I, I think 700 is a safe estimate. Mm -hmm. Wow. That makes sense. Yeah. That's a lot. I, I should have said what? Yeah, huh? Like, <laughs> I'm trying to like, wow. Be able to hear it all. Can you remember any of that? Oh, man. Adam, Patty, I know you're, go ahead. You're probably chomping at the bit because um, you were talking about all these different bands that you listen to. No, in this, you know, I'm you know, just I'm trying days. to think of like some of the like bands, <clears throat> excuse me, bands. And then I got kind of like, well, there was other, you know, solo singer, you know, artists that were at that time. You know, I, you know, gr I, growing up, I remember, you know, Stevie Nicks. Um, you know, parents listened to Floyd, you know, I, Skinnerd was was big in the house. Uh, you know, it, it, I'm a Midwest. You know, obviously I'm a Midwest kid too. You know what I mean? So it's it's. It, I'm trying to think of like what we had available too at that time because we lived kind of out in the sticks. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, and Steve's like me. We grew up in Michigan, so Michigan has an awesome state for producing some excellent music. Yeah, for like, sure. Wouldn't like, you like, say, Steve? Yeah, not only some of the the really influential bands came from Michigan, but many of them were adopted by Michigan and uh, are still tied to it. People still think Journey is from Michigan and clearly they're from San Francisco and people still identify Kiss as being a Detroit band, even though they're from New York. Uh, you know, Jay Giles band being out of Boston, but broke in Detroit. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's always been my entire lifetime. It's been a hotbed for music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Some of the other ones I, th I think of is, is, you know, uh, Van Halen, you know, and then you get into kind of like the '80s heavy metal stuff, like um, Megadeth and 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 Metallica and stuff like that. But you know, I I grew up an hour, about an hour outside of Minneapolis, or just across over the Wisconsin border, and Prince was really big uh, <laughs> up in that that area. Um, and you yeah, really couldn't go sure. anywhere, anywhere because him being from from the Minneapolis area. Uh, Prince was really popular up there. So what about you, Patty? What were some of the other ones? That you, what were some that you remember listening to or grew up on? Like, I, I think I'd like, I still, when I go to the gym, I'm blasting ACDC and, 
you know, <laughs> some of the eighties hair bands and, <laughs> you know, Oh my goodness. Who didn't like Metallica, ACDC, Bon Jovi. And then I liked some of the, um, pop music too, which you guys probably are going to kick me off the show here, but like CNC music factory, <laughs> um, <laughs> a little bit of Madonna. I didn't like her that much though. Um, you know, so uh, you know, Jackson, the, the Jackson five, you know, when, when Mike, when Michael went out kind of out on his own, uh, what was that like 83, 85, somewhere in there, I think. Uh, One of the things that it has become kind of humorous on <clears throat> on the podcast that I do weekly, which is called The Sound Of, is I've been so hyper-focused on rock my entire life, and that's what I've built my career around, that I've missed some of the most popular things in the world. They never entered my universe. And the other two hosts on the show will, will make a you know, a point about a song from Michael Jackson or a, a Madonna. And I have no idea. I've never even heard the songs. And they're like, how have you never heard those songs? You know, <laughs> and it becomes a joke. But, you know, the, the reason I uh, know the rock world so well is that's where I spent all my waking moments. And since I never listened to a pop station and didn't, you know, if MTV wasn't showing a band I cared about, I just turned it off. Right. So, uh you know, in, in a recent show, uh, Rev mentioned Tupac. Like he was, I was listening to Tupac when I was 14. I said, I never heard of him until he got dead. That was the first time I'd ever heard of him. He died? The day he got dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's kind of funny because I can pull out some really fascinating nuggets, you know, from bands that people have long forgotten. But at the same time, I, I really never connected to the mainstream. All right, I got, I got a question for you. Uh, you're putting together your own rock band, and it could be anybody from history. Who do you have as the lead singer? Who's your your lead guitarist? Who is your drummer? I mean, if you're putting a band together, who's in it? I'll start with guitarist because I find Steve Vai to be one of the most fascinating human beings on the planet. He's one of the kindest uh, most original musicians and human beings that I've ever encountered. I also think uh, that he's the pro he's probably the, the most talented guitarist that's that's ever lived. And for people who don't know the name, is probably not a household name for everybody. Steve Vai started with Frank Zappa, and then eventually became the guitarist for David Lee Roth. When David Lee Roth left Van Halen, his goal was to build a band that was technically better than Van Halen so he could go out and play those songs. He needed a guitarist that was at least on Eddie's level, so he found Steve Vai. Wow. Uh, he also played in White Snake for a while, and he has a, an amazing solo career. But he's just such an incredible human being. So I would start there. Okay. I would go Freddie Mercury as a singer because I think he can do just about everything, plus he plays piano, which is lovely. <clears throat> he's got an incredible sense of melody. Yeah. And I think his avant-garde nature would work well with the sort of alien thoughts and alien background of Steve Vai. I'd probably go Neil Peart on drums from Rush, maybe technically the best drummer uh, in rock, and he was also the primary lyricist, so very intelligent lyrics to go with it. And now a bass player that would work with all of those guys. Hmm. I think I'll take a stab at... John Entwistle from The Who. 
That's a killer group right there. That's a really that, that's. <laughs> I'd love to see that. So that that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> that that kind of works in my brain. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. I like how your brain thinks. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Wow. Well, um, I spent a lot of time listening to all of those guys. So. Man. Now one one thing about you, Steve, is your hair. You have a lot. I still of it. have it. Yeah, well, some of it. <laughs> yeah, you you have a lot of hair. Um, when's well, the last time you had it cut? <laughs> well, thankfully, my amazing wife Gina, you know, trims it up from time to time whenever she feels like it. It needs a bit of a trim. But as far as having short hair, the last time I had. Short hair, I remember vividly. I, I wasn't pleased about it, but when I was 17 years old, my mother said, if you will cut your hair above your ears and get a picture taken for me so that I can put it in my house, I will never ask you for anything else again <laughs> the rest of your life. So I did it. I cried, but I got my hair cut above my ears. And wow. to her credit, mom never asked me for anything that dramatic ever again. <laughs> But to wow. my dissatisfaction, that's the picture that still hangs in her house. That <laughs> <one>. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so that's awesome. But yeah, so when I was seventeen was the last time I had short hair. Oh, wow. Yeah, you have some awesome hair. Um, what if you were to describe yourself in the let's say eighties? Because you graduated, you said in eighty four. Um, how would you? describe yourself looking back at you then I guess uh, an explorer first and foremost brash which may have worked for me at the time but maybe almost yeah, I, I would be embarrassed to be that brash today but I suppose at the time who I was and what I was and and what I was trying to learn to become, uh, I guess it worked. Um, uh, Hyper-focused. Mm -hmm. Again, in many ways uh, positive, and in some ways, you know, I certainly could have been more aware of other people. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, couldn't we all uh, as teenagers? But, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... I, I would say that, but definitely the the explorer and adventurer was was first on my list at, at that age. And when you were in high school, did you know what you wanted to do as a career, or how how did this happen? How did you um, how did you become who you are today? In a short, you know, I know we can't take days to to dive into that, but um, a short version. How would you describe um, how you ended up getting into your career as a I was always yeah I was always interested in radio and actually pretended to be on the radio when I was five six seven eight years old and even as a teenager I would make mixed cassettes back when cassettes were a thing mm -hmm. for you know my brother my neighbor some kid at school and even go to the extremes of talking in between the songs that I would put on cassettes for them and and creating little uh, production pieces, you know, if the guy's name was was Scott, I would make it Scott Radio, and then play another song for him. And like, I just did that because it always seemed natural to me. But growing up, you know, essentially, our backyard was was you know a cornfield, and 
and beyond that was an apple orchard and you know we had a gun range and a bow range in the, in, in our yard and I just it never seemed possible it never seemed like the you know that kid from the country would be able to get on the radio so I didn't really pursue it mm-hmm. many years later uh, I became a certified audio engineer and one thing led to about four other things but I ended up at a radio station uh, kind of making commercials and things and because of a storm, a bad winter storm, the next person couldn't get into the radio station and they called and asked me if I would go on the air. <laughs> and um, so I did, basically I did. And I, I remember vividly when the program director called up after about an hour of me being on the radio for the very first time and said, I thought you said you'd never done this before. I said, well, technically what I said is I'd never been on the air before. I said, I've been doing this since I was five years old. Just nobody's ever heard it before. I was always in my room. Uh, but he said, I think you're a natural. And that was it. I've been pretty much on the radio from that day forward. That's pretty cool. Steve, why don't you give the listeners, uh, your links where they can follow you or reach out to you? Uh, Twitter is just S R black. As in, like Stevie Ray, Stevie Ray Vaughan, nice. but uh, SR Black. Okay. Um, I believe the Facebook page is Chop Shop Radio, I believe is my personal one. I kind of it is mixed the two together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are probably the two easiest. Um, I'm on all the others, you know, Instagram and all the others, but those are the two that I interact with the most. Perfect. And then where can people buy your book, um, From Black to Light? Yeah, it's on Amazon. Uh, so that's by far the easiest, just Amazon.com. Might want to use my name, too. Uh, depends on what other things you typically search for. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, if you type in From Black to Light, it'll come up. But mm-hmm. maybe you have bought a lot of black lights in the past. It may not take you to the bookstore. So if you use mm-hmm. my name, Steve Black, and that title, it'll pop right up. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. Well, I know, Adam, I know what you're chomping at the bit to ask. <laughs> so, obviously, the show is called The Decision Hour, and one of the questions that we ask all of our guests is, name a time in your life where your feet were on the line and you had to make a decision. It could be anything, whether it was you know, going to college, joining the military, starting a career, whatever the case may be, but tell us about your decision hour and what the atmosphere was like for you at that time. There are so many variables <laughs> and so many <laughs> options, but I think the key one for me was 1987. Do I go to college? Do I not go to college? Do I follow my heart? Which what I really wanted to do was load up a backpack and go wander Europe. So I talked to a friend. He said, yes, let's do this. And I had this feeling right from day one that my friend somehow wasn't going to go through with it, but we got our passports. We uh, were looking at money and, and, you know, squirreling things away. And sure enough, he backed out and I went anyway. And I spent wow. most of 1987 backpacking through Europe. No it way. was during that journey that I realized if I was ever going to be happy in life, I had to pursue music. I didn't know how. I didn't know if it would be as a musician or as an engineer. I didn't really even dream of radio at that point. But it was being out there, interacting in different cultures, living among people, learning, 
how other people think in other countries surrounding myself. Actually, here's a line that I've used many times before, but it's so accurate. If you want to learn something about yourself, get off a train in a place where you can't speak their language, you don't have their currency, and you don't know where you're going to sleep tonight. You will figure out some things about yourself. That is incredible. I never even knew that about you. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I did instead of going to college and that, you know, then a million other things happened while I was there, but that ultimate decision to just go. And by the way, 1987 was a uh, cold war. Yeah. Um, but it was East and West Germany. It was no internet, no cell phones, no apps with maps to tell you how to get places, no Google translate for languages, no European union. So every country had its own, uh, currency. So you constantly had to rework how you were exchanging your money and what the money was worth. Uh, fascinating times. That's gotta be probably one of the coolest decision hour stories I've ever heard. And I've been doing this for several years. That's freaking awesome. That'd be so cool to, to kind of travel back in time and do that. For so you went an entire year over there, just backpacking here for for a whole year. Uh, it was seven months, well, most of a year. Golly, yeah. man, that's awesome. That's so cool. And I did uh, all the extremes you could think of. Uh, there were times when to stay in budget, I essentially, you know, didn't eat more than maybe a candy bar one day. There were other times when families treated me to excessive fourteen course meals, where I was, you know, the star visitor from another country that they all wanted to meet and interact with and, you know, had a, a roast that was cooked in a hundred year old wine for two days. And, uh, you know, you literally experience it all. I had slept out under the stars underneath a castle one night cause they wanted to stay on budget. I had another family in Finland. This will blow your mind. Their daughter had been an exchange student in America and learned so much and changed her life by coming here that when they discovered me in Finland, wanted to repay America, not me, not that family, but America. They bought me my own apartment for a month in Finland to repay the kindness of America to their daughter. Wow. Oh so I had my, my own apartment in Finland. <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy, you know, every extreme you could think of, but you have to be open to it. You know, and, and by the way, that decision is not for everybody. I, I, if if you took a hundred percent of the people and and they all went on that journey, ninety percent of them would not have enjoyed the the journey, would not have learned from the journey. It's it's not for everybody. You have to be that explorer type person in order to take it in and and function in that atmosphere. I'm just I'm like going through the countries in my mind, and and that time. Uh, in this, in, you know, in, in history, and that's that's awesome. That's that's awesome. Uh, I think your next book needs to be like your life chronicles, Steve. Well, that's what the first one is actually. Chapter two is my entire journey through Europe. It's called. Oh wow! Chapter two is called Far From Home. Oh, and um, yeah, I even took samples uh, or not samples, but little bits of of the journal I kept from 1987 and reprinted those in chapter two. So. Oh my goodness. I know what I'm buying today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right. Well, Adam, do you have any other questions for Steve that you'd like to ask as we start to wrap it up? No, Steve, listen, I, I appreciate you taking time uh, and coming up on the show today and, and letting our listeners and, and, and myself uh, learn uh, more about you. So I appreciate that very much. Yeah, Steve, thank you for being on the show. It it was just so cool because I was trying to think of a really good guest that we could have on who was into music. And it just so happened to be that you popped right up on my screen. And I was like, oh, my goodness, Steve. Perfect, perfect timing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Yeah. I, I love what you guys are doing. I love, uh, you know, the podcasting revolution because mm -hmm. it's just another way for people to communicate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, even though social media has its purposes, it allows people to connect in such a way that they remain disconnected from each other. Mm -hmm. And it's when you get into these full conversations that you start to actually connect with each other yeah. mm -hmm. instead of just a visual connection. It becomes, you know, more real and we need more of that. So I'm glad that people are starting to listen to more podcasts. And, and uh, so thank you for doing one or two or three. <laughs> thank you steve thank you so much for being on the show i appreciate it guys thank you thanks steve all right oh that was awesome i mean i, I absolutely love it um retro music steve we, again big shout out to steve thanks for for taking time out of his day to, to come join patty and i uh but we are up on time so patty any closing words before we let everybody go no, I, you know, I do think everybody should check out his book. Um, we've had a few authors on the show, but this book. Yeah, uh, it's, it's definitely, so we're going to, we're going to make sure that we have all of Steve's, uh, information up where you can follow him and where you can purchase his book. Um, so make sure you check that out. Uh, Patty, anything else? Oh, that's it. Thank right. you. Hey, Thanks real for quick, listening. Before we let you guys go, make sure you check out our our, uh, our home network, uh, Heroes Media Group. Check out all the great shows, articles, sponsors that are coming on board. Simply go to www.heroesmediagroup.com. For Patty, I'm Adam. Until next time, you've been listening to The Decision Hour.